0: you do have to keep working on it. It's not a magic pill that you take. The same as the, you know, anything and it's right, that's it, I'm finished, you know. You need to be um, what I call aware every day. So I watch myself. I say when I wake up in the morning, you know, I check in with myself. How am I? How am I feeling? Am I going to get out of bed feeling like I'm going to, you know, beat myself up today?
1: Today, I've got Alyssa back on the podcast to talk about understanding mindset and how it can facilitate healing. Now, Alyssa is a personal development coach, mindset coach, goals coach, and she has been instrumental in helping people within our support group. That's rheumatoidsupport.com in being able to address the non physical side of rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, If you want to learn more about her and her incredible Personal story, which includes over fifty years of rheumatoid arthritis, as well as uh, making tremendous uh, improvements with her own health on the Patterson program, but also lots of other discoveries that she made along the way on her own. All sorts of things uh, that uh, that we touch upon in that podcast that are not in any other episode. So that's episode number two hundred and eighteen. If you'd like to go back and watch that, it's how beliefs and emotions shape our. Journey with rheumatoid arthritis. If you'd like to go back and learn more about Alyssa, her story, and about beliefs and emotions. Today, we're going to talk about mindset and how it can facilitate healing. If we don't get mindset right, it's like a stack of cards, isn't it, Alyssa? We can just collapse into a heap and want to give up.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think, Clint, all, it also helps with getting through the really tough times with pain and also the diet. You know, there are There's a huge aspect of that too with, I think, with mindset.
1: Absolutely. So um, why don't we uh, get started with uh, your sort of uh, plan here of what we should cover. Uh, We also have got a few of our members on this call as well who may wish to uh, ask some questions along the way and we welcome that. Uh, In fact, we've got some questions coming through already. So why don't you start leading us off into this discussion and then we'll um, we'll throw some questions at you as we go.
0: Sure. Actually, one of the first things that I just want to talk about, because it really does underpin everything, and I know that we talked about it a bit in the per- first podcast, But uh, and I've drawn on a song which I learned in a workshop I did with Gabor Matei, um, and it's called In Your Mind. So it's about it all goes down in your mind, and this is really what, Underpins the whole concept of mindset is that early in life, we start out basically with a blank canvas. We come in, you know, we're little people and essentially we're like sponges and we absorb everything in our environments. And what happens to us um, when we are small then shapes what I call the lens or the like the camera lens, which with we learn to respond to life. And this is what Johnny Cash means in that song, that you start off with a blank mind and then that mind becomes influenced by everything that happens around it and it forms its own camera lens with which then it goes about and reacts and responds to life. And I believe from my own experience with rheumatoid that many of those beliefs and experiences, culture, education um, that I had shaped some of the way that I responded to my rheumatoid when I got it.
1: What were some of those beliefs that you had?
0: So the big one for me, and I know it comes up a lot when I work with people with rheumatoid is one of them is that um, it was partly my fault that I got it. I felt that somewhere in there I must have done something wrong. And also that I felt for many, many years that I had no say and no choice in my healing journey. But I will talk more about how that belief, particularly the first one, that it was my fault influences things because what I just wanted to say that I think what happens when we're young, essentially we all want to feel that we're Okay that we're good people, that we're enough, that we're worthy of all of the things that we all want to have in life, but some things happen along the way and we don't make that connection to ourselves. We, we don't feel that we are, I'm okay, that we're enough, that we're worthy, that we deserve X, Y, Z. And those beliefs, um, we then look outside of ourselves To get that feeling that we're okay. So we will, and I know I have did this, you know, we achieve, we strive, we educate ourselves, we do all of these things really to often sometimes to feel that we are okay, that we are enough. And then what happens is we create stories from these beliefs that often aren't true. You know, I'm not worthy of 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 having a great journey with my rheumatoid. I'm not worthy of Of being able to embrace this diet that in the beginning can seem like a big culture shock, and I think one of the members I was talking with um, was talking about the grief that comes with when you first start to embrace the healing journey, and when you first start to embrace what it's like to be diagnosed with rheumatoid. That you know, all of the things that you're going to have to sort of say goodbye to, but. I sort of think that if we can bring this mindset into a different place, then we don't have to necessarily deal with all of that.
1: Looking forward to your, your insights on that. I can share that when I was diagnosed, I was naive to the severity of the condition. I felt that it was a, a, a temporary inconvenience to my otherwise outstanding and great career that I had going as an entertainer and can I just get this thing sorted so that I can get my life back on track. And my I was a complete knife. However, when I gained an understanding of the gravity of it, the severity of it, the the chronic nature of it, uh, you know, I I did start to fall upon the the mindset that you know I can get through this. I can do this. Everything I've tried in the past to succeed at, I have been successful at. So that was very challenged over the years, uh, m- m- you know, countless numbers of times. But uh, um, you know, what you through those times. Uh, the support of people around me was one of the major things. My parents have always basically considered, you know, they've really just put me on a pedestal in terms of, you know, telling me how good I am, telling me I can achieve things, telling me that I'm, you know, giving me that sort of love and support. My wife, Melissa, who was basically, you know, kept me on this earth because at times I, you know, said to her, you'd probably be better off without me, you know, if I get hit by a bus because I'm just this crippled guy who's limping around who. Occupies all of your time with food preparation, and I go to yoga every day just to walk. Anyway, like my So, my family, my friends who all said, If anyone can get through this, you can. And I fell back onto the mindset that I got from university. The four years at university made me feel like I could achieve things, made me feel like I could accomplish things because I found that way beyond my league. And yet, I worked so damn hard because of my uh, deficiency in intelligence and skills. Basically, I had to work harder than everyone else, and I ended up getting the, you know, the highest accolade in the Department of Maths, Physics, and Computer Electronics. So, it, it was this combination of past experience: I can do this, and support around me: I can, I, I've got the support there. And so it was that, and so I felt like I've got I've got to do this. There's got to be a way. That was me. That was me, just to share between us, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, There's, and that's actually one of the aspects, the points that I want to talk about today. So I'm happy to jump to that, that determination mindset, because it's something that I feel is just so, so important with this debilitating condition because I know I've been through those same times where I just completely wanted to give up and had nothing left in the tank at all. Um, I didn't have as many supportive people around me, so I really had to find that part. there was really nobody else but me for most of my journey. So one of the things that I've learned along the way through some of the work that I've done with other people is to look at um, what frame of mind do i go into when i have a really tough time what's it like you know what how does that play out in what i'm doing because i know that that has does it help or hinder because and if it does hinder then one of the things that i found and i still find really beneficial is okay Um, do I remember a time exactly like you did then in the past where I've been incredibly determined, where I've been able to push through? And many of us don't have that time. So there was a um, workshops that I did where they said to us, okay, if you don't have a memory of that, do you know anybody else who's got one? Is there anyone out there that you admire in your world or in the world who you really feel connected to their determined mindset. And this is, for me, why I watched that movie, you know, that movie Touching the Void, because I really connect in with that guy. But is there somebody in your life who you know, who you admire? And if there isn't, then there's another thing that you can do, because then we go in to do this exercise. Then, okay, you'll use yourself in the future. So then the exercise is you close your eyes you put yourself into somewhere quiet on your own close your eyes and you either go back to that time where you did have that determined mindset or you go to the person that you really admire or you go into the future and you completely imagine that you are this incredibly determined human being who's going to make it through This, right? So then what you do is you use all of your senses. So you're in that situation, you're visualizing it. And I'll tell you about a time I had in a minute with it. But so you bring in, close your eyes. What am I seeing? You know, what's the sky like? Whereabouts am I? What else am I seeing? What am I hearing? Are there birds? Are there people talking to me? What's happening in my world? So you bring in the hearing. Then you bring in smell, things that you're smelling, and also feeling. And when you feel it, it's then really important to find where in your body you're feeling it. It's like, you know, is there an aspect of my body that is holding this experience stronger than another? And when you find it, then you feel what color it is and what texture it has. Um, what shape it is, um, is it hot or cold, all of those sort of things. It's really important to go into this detail, Clint, because the brain then remembers this and sets up a neural pathway for this, the more you use your senses. This has been um, scientifically proven. And so it's, it's really quite amazing, quite fun to do, particularly, you know, I used to go back to a time where I was rheumatoid free for one year and I did massive amounts of gymnasium work and absolutely had a ball with physical exercise. And I can still, because I've done this exercise so many times, I can still bring it in right now and feel what it was like in that gymnasium where my body was really pumping and, you know, I felt so motivated and, so energised and so positive. And this is, I know it sounds, there are times when I know when I felt incredibly like I wanted to give up. And one of them was when I came into contact with the Patterson Program and you, um, and I just thought, I can't do this anymore. I was terrified. I thought, I'm going to slip into the wheelchair frame of mind where I, because when I was young, I was told I was going to be in a wheelchair by the time I was an adult. And so I call that my wheelchair mindset. And these are the times when you've really got to do this sort of exercise when it's, and I know it's harder to do it then, but the more you bring this mindset in, the more the brain remembers it. And it it's like learning those times tables. It then, Because then eventually what you want to be able to do is say, I'm having a shocking day today. I can't keep up with the diet or whatever it is. I'm going to quickly access that. I'm going to spend five minutes on it. I do it almost every day, that exercise.
1: Gotcha. So let me just repeat back so I understand. Um, So if we face a challenge and we feel overwhelmed and feel like giving up, then what we can do is re- reflect back to a time when we have overcome something and it doesn't need to be anything to do with rheumatoid arthritis. It can be just where we've basically succeeded in some kind of area of our life. Or if we can't just think of a, one of those, we can look towards someone else and the way in which they overcome something. Or we picture ourselves in the future, achieving something that, that of significance. And with all of our emotional uh, um, states, we then engage in that, and then upon a few minutes of, 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 of indulging in that, we tend to have, uh, you know, like a little exercise, have developed an ability to maybe then see a path forward or at least be motivated or determined enough to take action.
0: Yeah, um, it's, it, it's really important to use the senses, yeah. those five senses that we've got. Um, and yeah. when, I do, when I do the one into the future, and you can do it with anything. You can do it with your diet. You can do it with seeing yourself being able to move your knee. So you can really hone in on specific. um, doesn't have to be the whole journey. It can be one very small aspect of it that you want to change. If, you know, if you've got a sore knee, it could be, and you're working with someone like Carl, you know, to move that knee. I used to work a long time ago with a, a man who um Was a neuroscientist who had a deep sea diving accident. And long story short, came up as a paraplegic from that. Um, Because he was a neuroscientist and he spent three months in hospital, he decided that he was going to walk out of that hospital. So he spent the time visualizing each muscle that he needed to be able to use to move his legs from starting from his toe right up to his brain with a motor section of the brain is and he walked out of the hospital mm. and so I really do believe that this mindset if we and it, for me it's also about doing it in small steps Clint that everyone doesn't think well I've got to achieve this huge thing because Elise is saying you know focus on something small first
1: yeah. so
0: look at an aspect of yourself that you might think well I really don't have a belief. I really don't think I'm gonna make it through this. You know, I really don't have a belief that I'm gonna get out the other end of this. I can't cope with the diet. I don't, you know, I'm grieving too much loss of whatever food it is that you used to love or whatever. Well, you can take one small aspect of it and work on it with that. Yeah, it's something that I really find extremely helpful.
1: Mm. And I think that uh having an uh, you know, an overarching, deep, deep, deep down belief system that we can be honest about uh, helps us to identify things that are holding us back as well. And this is an exercise that I did in uh, a, a session on mindset or, and strategy uh, some months ago. I had everyone in our who attended that uh, members call to enter in the Truthful, most deepest, darkest—if you like—belief system or thought process that they repeat to themselves, and also one that's that that's also a positive one. And we were seeing in that chat some really confronting and honest, um, you know, dialogue that people repeat to themselves on a daily basis. Yeah. You know, we're seeing things like, oh, "I'm going to end up crippled," and people are repeating this over and over and over again in their mind. And things like uh, "I deserve this" came yes. up.
0: I deserve mm. this. Yeah, and,
1: and, and, and can you imagine that's what how I you, I had actually. you had that right? Yes. So um, I thought it as, was
0: I. I thought my rheumatoid somehow, and it's one of the things I want to talk about. One of the points that I put down was um, because it the relationship that you have with yourself, and I, I know I brought this up last time, but. If you do feel somehow that you deserve it or if you feel somehow that you are wrong, and that's where the difference between shame and guilt comes in because if we do feel somehow there's a belief somewhere, then we create a story around that where I'm ashamed of my rheumatoid because I feel somehow I deserve it, I feel somehow I was wrong, therefore it happened to me, and if that story is there driving thought patterns, driving decisions, driving your healing journey, then you really, it's got to come out because the antidote to shame is sunlight. So it's about, yes, I, and I had to really own that. I had to sit down and close my eyes and breathe and meditate for a while and think, what is my deepest... And when did I first come into contact with that belief? Sometimes it's important for the unconscious mind to sort of have some connection in the present, to just go back and think when was the first time you ever felt that, that belief, that you know, that limiting belief, that, because 90% of our day is spent reacting to the past, which is quite extraordinary. So, what you're talking about, that simple exercise is so potent.
1: Well, the next part of that is to change that. Because if we're running that same record over and over again, then it's very hard to heal. If you're telling yourself, even if it's non verbally, if you're saying, I'm going to be crippled or I deserve this, then no matter how many blueberries you eat and how many squats you do, you're not going to get the life transformation that you're after. And so, uh, in the Anthony Robbins sessions that I've done over the years, and there have been many, he uh, the way he breaks this or he has us all uh, go through this process is he actually has you use and there's been no swearing in this podcast in the past. So I'm not about to start now, but he he you say that belief is BS, right? But you use the full expression in, in, with as much passion as possible because it is. And then you say the truth is because that belief isn't truth. That's an, either an opinion or it's a fear or it's something else. But if let's say you feel like you, know, you have this circulating thought, I'm, I'm going to be crippled. That is BS. The truth is that if I do everything that's scientifically supported to support my health, and I'm not on you know counterproductive medications, and I keep my inflammation levels low, I get outdoor outdoors on a regular basis, and I have support and 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 a social group that are that are loving and caring, I'm going to do very very well, and that's the truth. That is the truth, right? And so I think this uh, you know you've brought up such a really sort of, you know, core foundational thing here about, about, you know, approaching this disease.
0: Yeah, it's about then what we do is we self-sabotage without realising, you know, we trip ourselves up and that also then flows into our relationships, which is one of the other things I wanted to talk about because um, those foundational beliefs, the first one for me is, you know what do i feel about myself do i value myself you know how do i value my healing journey is you know is 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 there really a part of me over there that you know i'm just i'm just paying this lip service and i've had experiences in working with people in clinic where i can tell pretty much straight away they're just ticking the box to see another person they know it's not going to do anything. They're, not, they're really sort of only half in it. And, you know, and it's really sort of not addressing that really deep stuff. And some of the way that I work is unconsciously, so shifting that stuff on an unconscious level. But just getting back to the relationships, because it's really important. One thing that people can do is, first of all, and it's another exercise that you can do, is to sit down with pen and piece of blank paper, and again, like you said before, you beat. This is really honest stuff. You know, it's about first of all the relationship that you have with yourself, and whether you value that relationship. Because if you don't, and if the beliefs that sit underneath that, the mindset, because mindset is your beliefs and your corresponding emotion. So, for example, if I don't believe that I deserve to um, get better, to have any sort of quality life with my rheumatoid, then the emotion, the corresponding emotion I might feel with that is shame, shame, embarrassment. You know, all that sort of thing. Then the story I'm going to create around that is, I don't deserve to have healthy relationships with people. So I'm probably going to overgive. Mm. You know, I'm not going to have good boundaries. I'm not going to know you know, um, and good boundaries, I mean, okay, I've done enough. Now it's time for something for me. And often people I see, and I know this for myself, when you don't have good boundaries in your relationships, then remember in the beginning, I talked about early in life, we miss that feeling most of us do, and it's through no fault of our parents. I want to say that up front here. We're not I often find with people when I'm working with, with chronic conditions, if I want to go back into their background, you know, they'll say, Oh, but my parents were great. And I say, look, it's not about that. What we're doing here is an objective, compassionate inquiry into helping you have a great life and a, and a, you know, a more gentle, kinder approach to your rheumatoid arthritis. So what I then will get people to ask themselves is what do you like in your relationships? Do you know when when it's enough or do you just keep give, give, giving in order to get that feeling that you're enough, that you're okay? Because that's what we do. And I know that I even do that in my parenting, (laughs) you know, overcompensate. (laughs) Um, So it's... You know, it's about sitting there and looking at that and saying, well, why can't I say no? So the question to ask is what do I get from overgiving? Because there's, there's a gain and the gain isn't necessarily a good gain, but it's a gain. And it's the same thing with any kind of mindset clinch. And I know this with my own rheumatoid. When I'm hard on myself, when I don't feel I deserve, what do I get from that mindset? That's a really interesting question to ask, and it's a tough one because, you know, the, the gain isn't a good one. So it's another way to ask it is, if I want to improve my mindset, what do I need to let go of? You know, I know that's that a harder
1: question to answer, isn't it? That's yeah, it, harder is. To answer. Yeah. it is.
0: answer. So it's much easier to say, and I know I can ask myself and say, look, even if I just look at myself as a parent, what do I get when I overgive to them? Well, I, you know, I try and feel like I'm needed. I feel needed. I feel like I'm a better parent. I feel like I'm enough. And then if you go further with that, the end of it is I feel like I'm worthy. I'm a worthy participant in this life, you know, I'm, and that goes always then takes me back to that initial underlying beliefs about myself, you know, that am I worthy? Do I deserve this? To be happy, to have you know, you know, the best life, the best version of myself. Do I deserve to be the best version of myself? Well, and as you said, so in that exercise that you did with that group, when you're getting into that, because that flows into your relationships, and and then it flows into the way you relate to your rheumatoid and your healing journey.
1: Question yeah. from the chat: What if it's people that you need to? let go
0: yeah and you did a fantastic um podcast with i'm trying to remember her name Uh, yes Mm. yes and i really resonated with that because that was a big one for me and i remember when i first started on my journey which um was 45 years ago last week into my mindset healing journey and that was a big thing for me and i looked in my life to see, I had to make some decisions actually in that, where I had to to say, well, I don't know that that relationship is ever going to be healthy, no matter what I do. So it's not beneficial for me and I'm going to have to lovingly and compassionately let go. Mm -hmm.
1: For those people who are wondering about this podcast, uh, go back and uh, our guest was Elvira. And she was very transparent and vulnerable in sharing with us about how she actually had to move locations to get away from a relationship that was giving her a lot of interpersonal stress. And it was the final sort of uh, breakthrough for her after doing all of the, you know, guidelines around diet, exercise, medication management. So that was, that was uh, a major one. So, yep, uh, all these things matter. Um, we got another question in the chat. It's difficult to stay in a positive mindset. Uh, any further recommendations? So we'll 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 maybe do a checklist of all the things we've covered at the end. I've been yeah. taking a checklist so far, but um, let's continue with um, your scheduled uh, sort of sure. uh, teaching, teachings here, and then we'll do a summary at the end.
0: So just quickly on that, before I forget, there is a, an attachment in my coaching thread. That is a self-care regime that is very, very thorough and extensive. That are tips and exercises that you can do to stay in that to help you to stay on track with that difficult time. So you can look at that. That's that great. Who
1: um, asked that question? I'll,
0: yeah.
1: um, I'll ask if we can possibly make that available on the transcription Absolutely. of this podcast sure. as well. Yeah, sure. So it'll um, be publicly available.
0: Yeah, but just getting back to um, the relationships, Clint. There's another exercise that. I do that people could try. That is, you get a, an A4 sheet of paper and you put a circle in the middle and you say me, that's where you are in the middle. And then what I want people to do is to draw a circle outside of that and then a circle outside of that and do about five or six of them. And then think about just intuitively, write down a list of the people that are really close to you in your life, like your partner, your parents, close friends. And I want you to intuitively put them in the circles where they currently are. So if they're right up close to you in your circle, then you put them in there. Then on another piece of paper, repeat the same thing with the self in the middle and then several circles going out, getting bigger from that. And then place those people where you think they should be for your self-care. So this is a boundary exercise and it's about, well, okay, that circle is my innermost circle that's closest to me. That belongs to me, that's sacred. That's where I do my meditation. That's where I um, have my worthy beliefs. That's where I exercise. That's where I have my self-care time. That's me. But what you'll find to be really interesting is that, and I know I slip into this particularly being a parent, anyone who's a caregiver will know this, is that the circles are very blurred. And it what it does um, when I first is it just helps me to, to set boundaries, to look at it and think, well, maybe that person needs to be a bit further out sometimes, you know.
1: Maybe off the circle altogether. Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: maybe, yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: Okay, wonderful. Well, um, we've got the circle exercise to add to our list. I've got a list here of, of things that we've learnt so far, including some ideas that I've had over the years to, to add in, and we can maybe do a, a summary uh, shortly and go through sure. here, all, all the things. Is there anything that we've missed? Are there some things that you want to add?
0: There's the one thing I was thinking about. There's a um, John Prendergast has written a beautiful book called The Deep Heart, And in that book, he talks about he's got a few really beautiful exercises that you can do with your limiting beliefs, and they're very simple meditations. That's Um, great. What's his name? John Prendergast. Okay. Yeah. I think Gabe Golden did an interview with him. Oh. And I think I actually did in one of my very first um, webinars, I did an exercise exercise. But he has a meditation exercise that's called Tending Your Heart that will be in one of the recordings that I've um, that we have up for me. Okay, but he's really good at, at um, just getting you to sit in a meditative state and, like you did with the group that time, a very similar exercise. But you can go, of course, deeper, and that's where I use neural processes to shift. For some people like me I really needed to shift them at a really deep level for some reason mine were just ingrained like concrete <laughs> you know well you know, your,
1: your, your challenges with your health began at a very young age and so at that age you're very very susceptible to you know external influences yeah. and negative thought patterns and so on yeah okay well thank you Alyssa um, before I go and um, go through what I consider a a sort of a note summary of, of what you've presented here. Um, How do people get hold of you? So if they want to do a one-on-one session like this with you and get help?
0: Sure, that's um, <clears throat> my website, which is com, and that sort of gives you, or I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook, but my website's got. Um, and, look, I run um, workshops too and as well as one-on-one sessions. The one-on-one sessions, I tend to go um, deeper into the limiting beliefs and shifting them at a subconscious level um, and then bringing in the new, because as you said before, it's very important to identify what you want instead, because often when I work with people, they know what they don't want. They don't know what they want instead. So if, if you feel you don't um, deserve something or if you're ashamed of the way your rheumatoid affects your body, then how do you want that to be different? And when yeah. it is different, the question to then ask is, and how will your life be different when you have that? And that's yeah. where, again, that I use a lot of visualisations because then you create that new life in a meditation and you can actually, you know, Go, again, go to that visualization into the future of when I'm, you know, at my gym when I was 16 years old, or when I'm my knees doing what it. Because I think the thing that I really want to finish with is that we just don't appreciate the power of our unconscious mind. You know, it's a lot of it, it is so potent and it, it can little by little, small steps change enormously. How we and I, and the other thing too is, and I'm sure you feel the same clinch, is that you, you do have to keep working on it. It's not a magic pill that you take the same as the you know anything, and it's right, that's it, I'm finished. You know, I'm, you need to be um, what I call aware every day. So I watch myself. I say, when I wake up in the morning, you know, I check in with myself, how am I? How am I feeling? Am I going to get out of bed feeling like I'm going to, you know, beat myself up today? Because, you know, I, it's a bit like, you know, when you get in the car and you're grumpy and all of a sudden you see somebody else who's grumpy in their car. So you attract it. So if I know I've had this happen. I'm sure you have. If I get up and I'm in that beat myself up mindset, my whole day follows that.
1: Hmm. So what and- do you do? What do you do? When-
0: well, then I'll pull in and I'll do some exercises. I will, um, uh, first of all, I might do a meditation, you know, like a. will you know, think to myself, okay, where's that belief coming from, Elisa? It's okay, you don't need that anymore. You know what you can have instead. Or I might do the visualisation, you know, that I talked about, that yeah, um, yeah. borrowing somebody else who I know is seems to be always positive and doing it for me. Mm -hmm. Um, what I find is you need to do things now that are quick, you know, like a a check-in. We all don't have half an hour or an hour. And it's almost like another good thing that people can do is, you know, when a kid is going to get a piece of china out of the cabinet and you quickly say, stop it. That's what you need to do. Red light. Stop it. I'm not letting you go into that. I do that all the time. You are not going there. I'm not going to let you go down that one-way street of let's beat Elisa up today. She's got a sore joint, or she's not exercising properly, or she had a nut when she didn't want to, or you know, do you want to mean all of because the choice that we are making on this rheumatoid journey is to facilitate healing so that we can be happy, confident, and be in charge, much more in charge of our rheumatoid, whichever you know, because there's going to be times where it's not, it takes over us. This particularly for people who are new into the program. And I found particularly in the beginning with diet that this mindset was really important in thinking the days when it was tough. I'm here for a purpose because I want to be the one who chooses how my body goes. And I think those little, little things. So that, that, Document that I've got has got a lot of things in it where people can draw on quick things to get them back on track again. But the first thing to do is to tell the child stop.
1: Yeah, love that. Love that to stop it. Okay. Yeah, it's Great. like
0: a red light, you know, pulling up yeah. the red light. Just quit it. I'm not doing this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> love it. Okay. Well, thank you, Alyssa. This has been really interesting. We've got uh, um, some notes here, at least that I've I've. Um, made as we've gone along to try and bring this into some kind of uh summary um we want to uh and i'll add to this the checklist that i'm going to put on the show notes for this so we if let's say we we wake up we don't feel like we're in the mindset to move our body we feel worse than yesterday which for me is always the that's always the red flag to the bull is if i is, you know on a progress doing really well and then wake up and my 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 body's just lost the momentum it's a day off i'd had say 10 days in a row and then now this one's worse and it makes me furious what was it that what was it that triggered that and then i go into you know that kind of mentality and then nothing else matters unless that gets resolved mm-hmm. and so in those sort of funk days Um, We can draw upon past experiences in our own lives or draw upon those uh, of others to say, I have overcome these sort of challenges in the past. I can do it again. And we basically indulge in the emotions associated with that evidence. And that brings us back into that state again. You mentioned touching the void in, in, in passing. That movie, since you mentioned it, I went and watched, which I haven't before, I think it's a 2003 movie, so it's it's been around for some time, but I watched it in my infrared sauna, so it's over two nights. I just, yeah, and uh, and and loved it. In fact, the second sauna session I did for nearly an hour just because I wanted to see the end of the <clears> film. <throat> um, and it, it it really is a testament, that film, into drawing upon levels of human determination that go beyond anything that you could even wildly imagine. So uh, go watch Touching the Void, everyone, if you haven't yeah. seen it. That's great homework. We've got to say BS to these limiting beliefs and say, what is the truth? What's the actual truth? These things that we repeat in our minds are, are undercutting our progress. And if we take just a few moments to think about them and say, they're BS, what is the truth? And then make the truth the affirmation. If the truth is that you're actually seeing slow improvements, then say to yourself every day, I'm making slow improvements. I'm making slow improvements. I'm making slow improvements. I used to say, I'm pain-free, drug-free, back to maximum energy, pain-free, drug-free, back to massive energy, pain-free, drug-free, back to massive energy. And it doesn't even really make sense. And I used to say that over and over again uh, on that sort of rhythm that you can't you can't really end up in anywhere else because it's almost like that becomes you. Um and then uh, someone in the chat, as they said earlier, like what do you do if you're, if you're in a fund? Um, I like to get a small win. Any small win that can be so small uh, just to feel that dopamine that comes with getting yeah. a
0: small win. Oh, what I do is I make a done list of the positives of, 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 of each day. I don't you're make done. a list of yep. what I didn't achieve. I, I only have a list and I do it every day. It's a special book that I have, and it's only my done list—the achievements. And at wow. the end of the day, I read it and I think, "Yeah, that was as small as it was. That's my. That's what I did." And there's a what's it called? The um, oh, I think I, I think I spoke to you about it in one of the other podcasts. Four thousand weeks. It's a. I'll put it in the coaching thread, um, but it's about our relationship with time. And this guy was talking about. You have to have your positive list and write it out, particularly if you're starting out on the journey, because the tight like in that movie, it's the tiny steps, isn't it? Oh,
1: well, that's right. And this, I, I knew this small win concept well before watching that movie. But um, yeah. you know, he would focus on you know just getting ten meters, another ten meters, another ten meters, and breaking down, you know, his agony just into ten meter milestones. And like Dr. Clapper says, he said, you know, when you're on this, you know, journey, um, you know, your goal each day is just to walk to the next tree. You know, you're not trying to, you know, run. You're just trying to the next day get to the next tree and then the next tree and then the next tree. And so that actually leads nicely into my, my next sort of uh, uh, little bullet point here is that when you're in this mental funk, get into nature. Just go for a walk in nature, even if it's just a park near your house, that's, that's all you have access to. Get into that because uh, that's where you're going to feel better. Get out of the environment that, that in which you're feeling the most intense negative feelings. And then this next one is the biggest one for me, is move the body. Just do something where the body requires so much of my mental attention that I can't be thinking about that other thing?
0: Because you're doing two things with that. You're actually, if you think about it as a picture frame, the mindset is a picture frame. You need to change it, put another frame on it. So that can be nature. But the thing with movement is it creates that, you know, all of the um, hormones that are released and the, you know, breathing, if you're doing some deep, deep breathing, is just brilliant because it switches on the parasympathetic so, but that movement is really important. Just anything, just 10, 10 paces.
1: Yeah, exactly. I agree. It's so, yeah, or something ridiculous, you know, some stupid dance to make the kids laugh, yeah, exactly. whatever it is, you know. Yeah, right. yeah I agree.
0: Um, yeah.
1: And then and then you mentioned the circle exercise, which is really, really cool. Uh, we've got to put ourselves in the middle and then uh, put those loved ones or, or even not, even just people around us who influence us. And and then another picture of where they should be. John. Prindikast, uh, people can look up him about changing minds, um, changing these limiting beliefs if they are struggling with this. And then your check in in the morning and feeling how you are before you actually get out of bed. And if you need to apply the red light, stop it. I think is great. Now, and you've got the checklist that you're going to make available to everyone as well that people can download for free on this uh, podcast. Uh, blog page. So head over to www.rumorsvoidsolutions.com and then click on the podcast episode and you will see Alyssa. And to wrap this up, the last thing I have here is a question from the chat. Uh, Alyssa, what is your Instagram? Do you have an Instagram?
0: It's, it's my name, Alyssa Lowenstein.
1: Great. And I'll put that in yeah. the in the same location. Thank you, Alyssa. Much gratitude yeah. for what you do for our community and these podcasts that you're doing and for your time today.
0: Now you're most welcome, Clint. It's, it, I'm really loving being part of the, the group and getting to talk to people and, you know, it's, it, it's an honour really. I, we're all here to help and support each other. And I want to just finish with saying too that when it's a tough day, don't forget to give yourself a hug and be kind.
1: Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. And thanks to everyone who attended live. So, those of you who are with us on this call, uh, our wonderful, beautiful members of our community, thank you for attending with us. I hope you've gained a lot out of it today. And for those of you listening, wherever you are, or watching on YouTube, uh, thanks so much. And uh, uh, life is better when you're healing. And when we get our mindset right, uh, it certainly helps to guide us in that direction. Thanks, everyone. See you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to Rheumatoid Solutions. If you'd like to get more help to live an easier, healthier, and happier life, visit rheumatoidsolutions.com.